All right, we are back with your favorite podcast show of the week. This is Location Weekly, and it's episode number 456. And we are recording live on, uh, I guess it's Tuesday now, the 17th. Uh, happy St. Patty's Day to those of you who are uh, still celebrating that. Hunkered down in your bunkers, in your isolation, whatever it is. Um, you know, to anyone who uh, is out there dealing with uh, the COVID-19 virus. Uh, obviously, our, our thoughts, our prayers are with you. And just everyone, like the whole world right now, is uh, trying to uh, respond to this. So, you know, self-isolate, stay where you are, um, you know, follow the uh, the guidance of, of your local governments. Um, you know, we just got to do, everybody's got to do what we can so we can get through this uh, as quickly as possible and get back to business. But that means, because we're hunkered down, you know, the internet still works. We can still do podcasts and all kinds of online meetings. So here we are. Abriana, how are you? I'm doing okay. I am obviously in a new place. I'm um, at my parents in South Carolina. So we decided to come here to quarantine ourselves and, um, you know, stay indoors. They have a little bit more space and a lot of land. And so uh, when you have little ones, that is a big plus. Uh, in Atlanta, I do not have very much space or land or, you know, places for my kids to kind of go. And working from home is really a big challenge. So here we have, you know, we can stretch out and spread out and my kids can go out and take a walk and still be, you know, on my parents' property. So we are very thankful to be here. But, you know, it's a very like different and weird times. And um, so yeah, our thoughts and prayers are definitely with everybody. Uh, you know, I've been communicating with a colleague who's in Spain and just had, uh, twin boys. And so, you know, that's a, a whole nother rough thing that they're going through right now. And so, um, hopefully, you know, over on our side here in North America, we're taking the right precautions to where it doesn't get so bad. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm hanging in there. It, this is going to be an adjustment, I think, for all of us. And, uh, you know, we'll learn a new way to work and work with our teams, you know, remotely and, uh, you know, balance family and being in close quarters and all of that. So it'll be a learning experience for everyone, I think. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, um, you know, we're going to be in this for a while. And I feel like, you know, coming out of this, because we will come out of this, that, uh, you know, there'll be, many changes to the way we work, you know, post COVID-19, you know, I think we'll, there'll definitely be a lot more of working from home, a lot more online meetings, uh, you know, uh, a lot more food delivery <laughs> services because those guys are uh, really raking it in right now. Um, yeah. yeah, it'll, it, it'll be interesting to see kind of who really, uh, shines in this. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, you know, we, you know, we'll, we'll get through. That's All right, good. we've got a good show for you still this week. Uh, I'll let Abriana kick it off as per usual with our industry news. All right, well, we're going to kick it off with uh, Wingstop. So, um, you know, if you are a fan of Wings, you probably know about Wingstop. And they've made some interesting decisions with their advertising uh, budgets. So for the whole first half of 2020, they have pulled their advertising budgets um, out of out-of-home ads and they are investing them in a new plan. And this is like a little bit more organic and kind of uh, grassroots. And what they've decided to do is they've put out these branded hoodies. Um, they have three different styles. They had some fans that were asked 
stop sponsor them and so I think that the marketing department and their agency started kind of brainstorming around this this thought process of you know well how can we like leverage this um, you know our fan base and so what they decided to do is that they are handpicking these you know these fans that are that are in love with Wingstop and um, they're giving them these hoodie sweatshirts and so whenever these fans post uh, a, a picture or video of them on Instagram um, they will get a $10 Venmo payment. So I'm like, Hey, send me one. I could, I could use some extra cash. Right. Um, and they said, especially creative posts will, you know, that may go viral or something will lead to bonus prizes, including hundred dollar gift cards. Um, so they worked closely with, uh, their agencies. And, um, so that, that credit goes to publicist groups, uh, Leo Burnett and MSL group. And, um, they're starting with about a thousand sweatshirts to do this. So they, are asked to post uh, with the hashtag, this is an ad for Wingstop in the caption. And, you know, there's, like I said, there's three different sweatshirt styles, but probably the one that's going to be, maybe they should like invest in some more for is um, one that says, this is an ad for Wingstop delivery. It sounds like that might be the most effective one to be handing out at this point. Um, and I think this is really interesting, you know, the idea of just leveraging people to do this. I think that it's fun. Uh, I think that whenever you, again, like, you know, seeing something in an image or seeing something, you know, for places that are still walking around, uh, you know, in real life that have this might actually just make people hungry and they want to be able to see it or, you know, eat wings. Um, and so it's more of like an influencer marketing type of a strategy, but, you know, at a very grassroots level. So I think this is fun. And I think that is probably a wise investment, honestly. Uh, but I also think that it's a layered approach. So if you can show people, you know, this maybe for a social strategy, but also other digital media um, might be effective as well. But I think, you know, I like this. And now that everybody's like, you know, not really going out, maybe this will be better because everybody's going to be lounging around in their hoodies anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, well I don't know. What things. do you think? Yeah. Uh, no, I like it too. I think it's really kind of creative and cool. Um, you know, it's funny, you know, as you're talking about the story, like I had planned like a couple weeks ago to have, you know, beer and wings night tonight with a bunch of guys, uh, you know, um, and uh, so we were all supposed to go out tonight and obviously that's not happening now because nothing's open. Um, so, and, and we can't even like, you can't even really gather at anybody's home or anything, right? Like, and just order in, like, it's like, you know, even that's being discouraged. So, you know, now I'm getting really hungry listening to you talk about wings and <laughs> we don't even have wings stop here in Canada that I'm aware of anyways. Um, but yeah, I love the idea of, you know, just sort of creating, uh, brand awareness through these hoodies and getting people to post uh, images on Instagram, creating social content uh, for the brand, you know, giving people, uh, you know, $10, uh, you know, through Venmo. I love that they're pulling in sort of the payment platforms as well and kind of driving the sort of digital, you know, the digital application of, of their brand. Um, and I think it's a really smart way, really creative way to do that. So, you know, I don't have a lot to add to what you said. I think I think it's it's a really interesting, cool strategy. I, I think, especially as you think about now, uh, over the next couple of months, you know, if we're all going to be, you know, sort of self quarantine, hunkered down, you know, the out of home industry is going to take a big hit for sure, right? And and you know, people aren't driving around, people aren't walking by billboards, you know, and seeing digital signage. Uh, they're in their homes, 
And what do they have with them? They have their mobile devices. They have, you know, their uh, Instagrams and Facebooks and platforms like that. And, you know, if you can leverage those to, you know, still have brand engagement, I think you're in a good place. So it seems like uh, maybe they weren't thinking about that at the time, but, you know, they're sort of, uh, you know, on, uh, you know, um, you know, lining up well, let's just say with, uh, you know, with the unfortunate circumstances yeah. of what we're dealing with right now. So, yeah. For sure. All right. On to our second story. Now, this is kind of interesting. So uh, Amazon, as we've talked about over the last couple of years, you know, with their Amazon Go stores and their cashierless uh, checkout technology has decided to open that technology up to uh, other retailers now. So they've uh, launched a new business line. It's called Just Walkout. It's, it's basically packaging up their cashierless, uh, you know, walkout technology, which blends cameras, sensors, computer vision, um, you know, all that sort of stuff together uh, in a little package. And they're basically giving that capability, uh, you know, or selling that capability, I should say, not giving it, uh, selling that capability to, any retailer really that wants it. Um, and uh, one of the first retailers that's jumped on board with that is Cibo, uh, C-I-B-O Express, which is a well-known brand uh, at airports. Um, and so they have like a little sort of, um, you know, sandwiches and snacks and kind of gourmet market, they call them. Um, and so they're uh, first launching this um, actually yesterday. Um, I'm assuming, according to the press release anyways, this launched yesterday at Terminal C in Newark Liberty Airport in New Jersey. Uh, and they're planning to add more uh, at Newark Liberty as well as LaGuardia uh, in New York. Um, and so basically it's the same tech that you experienced if you've ever been to an Amazon Go store out in Seattle uh, or anywhere else. Um, and you identify yourself um, with a credit card and you basically sort of just walk out uh, you know, without talking to anybody, without, you know, sort of going through a normal checkout line, you know, the, the typical sort of cashierless checkout experience, but powered by Amazon's uh, technology. I think it's a good move for them. We've seen a lot of other uh, tech companies uh, come into this space trying to provide solutions. Obviously, Amazon is the best known brand. They were the, you know, sort of, I don't know if they were exactly the first, but certainly the most publicized uh, in terms of opening stores around this um, and, uh, you know, I think it's a good move for them to kind of start to offer this technology to others and create, you know, revenue from it uh, and kind of learn from the experience that they've had and, and the data that they've been able to see from that. So, um, yeah, I think it's I think it's a cool story. And, you know, we'll I expect they're going to have good success with this, uh, you know, once, uh, you know, especially convenience type retailers, you know, really sort of jump on board with this type of thing. Grocery as well, I can see. So, yeah. Yeah, I think this is um, a smart play. You know, I still struggle with the whole cashierless thing um, in some of these situations because I find it like, especially in an airport or somewhere that's busy and it's a very like open market type of scenario, like especially in La LaGuardia, like when you go in, you know, there's this like long area of all the different foods and drinks and, you know, some of it ha has uh, actual people serving you the food or you can order something um, or you can just kind of grab and go those types of things and I always feel like I want to make sure they know that I'm paying for it and so <laughs> I think that that's like the one thing that uh, from a customer uh, behavior perspective it's going to be a, a little bit of a learning curve for us to feel comfortable like using that because it's not like at the supermarket where you're just doing self-checkout and somebody's standing there you know watching four different cash registers or 
Martin open technology to other businesses, especially in the airplane like this. Um, I think that, you know, the grab and go type idea is also really good when you're in, you could be in a rush, um, not right now so much, but, you know, normally in the airport scenario. So I like this. I think this is, this is a, a smart idea. You know, Amazon always likes to kind of dip the, their toe in the water for what they can do themselves um, for their own platforms. And then they are, you know, are great about opening that up. So yeah and just one other thought too that popped in my head I, I i've seen just in sort of the COVID 19 response a lot of retailers now uh are not accepting cash just because of the cleanliness and touch aspects of it um so this type of thing again could you know see a bit of a boon from you know that going forward as well yeah that makes sense all right uh, onto a different type of shopping experience, uh, Burberry, the you know high-end brand, is partnering with Google AR Shopping, and um, you know Google is always looking at how they can I think enhance uh, different opportunities for their three and a half billion searches every day that are happening on their platform. Um, but what they're doing is they're bringing customers this augmented reality experience and the way that this really works is that whenever you search uh, for Burberry items in Google search um, customers can like view the items and see them at scale within their own home and their own environment against real life backgrounds or you know your own surroundings so what I like about this is because what what you could do is let's say that like you want to look at you know Burberry's coats you know they're known for their coats you want to look at their rain jackets or whatever it may be and you could kind of place that with existing outfits that you have in your closet, right? So kind of seeing how things would look together. Um, and because it is a bigger, you know, investment item that you're looking at, then maybe you want to make sure that it's really like what you want. But you don't to do it. Uh, I like this. I, I would love to see you know, more brands, like even, you know, something that's not so high and even like a Zara or something, be able to leverage this type of technology, because I think it's really useful, especially when you're looking at clothing items, um, because pairing that, you know, most people are not dressing and head to toe from one, you know, with one brand. So, you know, being able to kind of see how things would look with your existing pieces is really, I think, great. You know, they've also, Burberry's also experimented some with other um, in-store AR as well. Like in Tokyo, they did uh, with their flagship opening store there. Um, they recently did like QR codes that, that customers could scan and activate different experiences. I mean, to me, that's less exciting just because you know, when I'm shopping, I don't know that I'm always like having my phone out and uh, super interested in a, in a digital experience when I'm in a physical environment all the time. Um, but I do like the idea of like, I mean, especially now with all of this, you know, people are probably bored out of their minds. This could be really great or really bad for a lot of shopping. <laughs> right. So, you know, the ability to sort of like see what's going on and what you can bring into your home with where you are um, is really powerful. There's a few other brands too that I'll mention that are doing this type of, you know, these Google experiences, including Ikea and KFC. We've seen do some, you know, different AR type of experiences as well. So, you know, I think we've seen so many really unique stories just even this year in AR that I feel like have been resonating really well with me and more powerful from like the ability that AR experiences can provide in terms of, um, I don't know, <laughs> I'm being interrupted. Say hi. 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 <laughs> okay. You gotta go, I'm on video, okay? I'll be out in a minute. <laughs> 
oh, so yes, we're getting used to working uh, all in one place. Um, so yeah, I think that we've seen a lot of brands like really nail AR this year and, and I'm excited about that because I feel like previously we kind of had been knocking on on brands for not being able to really leverage AR in a way that drives business, but this is starting to get there for me. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think uh, we've seen a lot of great experiments, especially in the last year. You know, uh, IDC uh, says that uh, retailers can spend $1.5 billion on augmented and virtual reality uh, in the next year. So, you know, I'm not surprised by this. I think the one challenge I have with this is, you know, is, is this particular brand. So the in-store stuff, I applaud that. I think that's great. I think people should be doing that. Uh, all retailers should be experimenting with in-store activation, using AR, using VR, all those types of things. I'm not sure how many people actually go and search Burberry on Google. Um, you know, um, I think if you're, if you're a Burberry, you know, sort of level of customer, you probably just go to the store, right? And kind of check stuff out. I don't know if you're like necessarily Googling it. Maybe I'm not in that, in that uh, category, but um, that's just kind of like what's popping into my head around this. But uh, you know, I'm all for, you know, the use of the use case of how they're doing AR here. I think it makes sense. I think for a lot of brands, this makes sense. I'm with you, whether it's Zara, H&M, any, any of those types of brands. I think this makes a lot of sense. I think with people shut in right now, um, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, more innovation around online retail in the next little while. I think people obviously are going to be, you know, buying all kinds of things from home. Um, and, um, yeah, it, it, it's it's fascinating to me uh, to kind of watch you know this, and at the same time, I think a lot of these these brands also have to you know sort of go into a mode of you know cutting back on on ad spend too, because just you know the stocks are you know in the tank right now, you know the the availability of you know liquidity is is not there necessarily uh, for a lot of these folks, um, and uh, I think there, there's just going to be a, a bit of a, a time of contraction, but uh, I think I think. The use of AR and VR in this way is it makes perfect sense to me, and uh, yeah, I mean, good for them for trying. So there you go. That's right. our industry news for this week. Um, shifting the hour over now to our members, um, we uh, got three stories for you here as well, and I'll kick it off with a story about our good friends at Wirecard, the German payments company. Um, that we've talked about a little bit over the last year in particular. Uh, obviously, we covered their uh, sort of expansion into uh, the US market. And now they've announced uh, last week that they partnered with Sweden's uh, Klarna. And even Klarna we talked about recently because you might remember we covered a story about their um, sort of uh, pay now, pay later uh, platform a little while ago. This was maybe a month ago or so. Um, this idea that you could buy stuff and kind of pay for it, you know, sort of at a future time after you sort of tried it out and, and so on. So it's sort of financing the, uh, you know, the, uh, the expenditure, if you will. And so they're bringing all of their technologies. So the pay now, the pay later, their financing platform, uh, Klarna, uh, available now through the checkout process on Wirecard's uh, commerce platform. So kind of linking these things together there it's going to be available in nine markets initially sweden norway finland denmark switzerland germany austria the netherlands and the united kingdom uh the us and australia will come later in the year um but uh you know i think uh, you know we, we've seen a lot of these types of partnerships in the last year uh 
in particular. Um, and I think this idea, this concept of um, people wanting to buy, especially clothing uh, and things like this, um, you know, we've I think it was H and M um, that was doing this initially from the story I recall uh, a little while ago. But this idea of people sort of wanting to buy a bunch of things, see, you know, take it home, see if it's kind of you know works for them, whatever, uh, it's the right fit, the right color, the right look, whatever. Um, and then being able to return that, um, you know, if it's not, you know, and not having to have put the cash out initially. Um, on the one hand, I like the flexibility. On the other hand, you know, I'm, I, I'm from a different generation. So I look at this sort of millennial generation of living on credit and I, I question, you know, whether or not we need to go further down that rabbit hole. Uh, if you will. Um, and, and, and now you look at, you know, sort of the response, the federal government responses to, you know, the, the, the COVID crisis that we have, you know, with cutting interest rates, you know, to zero and all this kind of stuff and what that means for the real estate market and, and other things. I just, you know, from a personal perspective, I, I'm quite concerned about what that means in terms of people's ability to actually pay for the things that you know the you know that they're purchasing and accumulating, uh, and the burden that that puts on them uh, and on and on the system. So, um, that being said, I think the flexibility, the technology, the innovations around it are are brilliant, and I think this is a great partnership for Wirecard uh, to team up with Klarna. So, but that's my thoughts. Yeah, I 100% I agree with you. I think that, you know, in terms of a business and making money off of people, it's a genius idea. Um, you know, my conservative perspective from a financial point of view is that it's not great for the people they're offering it to. Um, and I think that's likely taking advantage of, you know, a situation that situations that people are in. Because if you can't buy H&M with cash on the spot, maybe you shouldn't be shopping kind of a thing. But, you know uh from a business perspective since that's what i will keep that hat on right now <laughs> yeah i think that it does make sense yeah so um okay so you know we've been talking a lot obviously about what are the implications around uh you know the coronavirus and covid-19 and uh you know all these different things that are that are you know just lasting in the news all day every day right now around the world um, and something that's kind of interesting and and that I applaud is that Amazon's actually um, in discussions with some local health groups in Seattle uh, to assist bringing at-home testing kits um, you know for COVID-19 and so this will be to homes of Seattle area residents uh, and you know Amazon care rolled out last fall. It was kind of like an experimental effort to provide different levels of care for employees and, and dependents in, in the area of Seattle um, with, you know, good health care. And I was looking at their website and, and I think that what they've done is really smart and it, it probably is very, I would assume, I don't know, I'd love to hear from an Amazon employee using it, but I would very because they have the ability to Text with you know nurses and doctors and you know do the uh, the online medicine um, which I've taken advantage of I know through my healthcare as well which has been great you know when you have sick kids and it's midnight and you don't you know you can't get to the doctor um, and then even have the ability for 
like a staff to come and visit you at your home or your work whenever it's convenient for you. Uh, so you can just like schedule follow-ups, which is awesome. So, um, you know, Amazon's kind of like trying to figure out what their role is in, in the healthcare and, and, you know, Amazon's testing something like this with their own employees first, and then they want to be able to roll it out as a service that they provide probably, um, I don't know, maybe as like a prime, you know, perk or something that you can kind of add on to your prime membership or, you know, who knows where they're going with this. But um, you and I both know that Amazon doesn't do anything just, you know, small, like they're, again, they're testing it out with their own stores or testing it out with their own employees and people and, you know, local first, and then they're probably going to grow this. Um, so, I mean, I think we always see some interesting advancements from Amazon, but now like getting into the healthcare, especially amid these crazy times is, is um, you know, it's timely for them to be testing this out and kind of figuring out like, how do we, you know, provide better care and more safety for people and, and sending home, you know, a healthcare professional to someone's home rather than having somebody have to go out and, and, you know, in contact with lots of other people is probably a safer thing um, as well. They also recently announced, which I think, you know, is just like a feel good thing that they're making a $5 million um, fund available. It's like a neighborhood small relief fund for small businesses. Um, so they're going to provide like cash grants to some Seattle small businesses that might be affected by everything that's going on right now. So if you are a small business in the Seattle area, I think they said um, near the Regrade and South Lake Union office buildings, mm -hmm. and you have less than 50 employees and um, less than 7 million in annual revenue, then you could qualify for this. So definitely something to look into. It's called the Neighborhood Small Relief Fund. Uh, you know, it's great to see like a big, huge companies like Amazon stepping up in times of crisis, especially one that's really affecting their, you know, home base so, so intensely right now. Um, so lots of kind of good announcements there, but. Yeah, I, I mean, I, again, I, I got nothing bad to say about this story. I think this is a great uh, use of Amazon's uh, core skill set, you know, in terms of logistics and delivery capabilities and fulfillment uh, and all those things that they are, are probably one of the best companies, if not the best company in the world at doing uh, right now and kind of, you know, jumping in and, and trying to provide healthcare, I think is a, is a good step. I, I think, again, it speaks to some of the innovation, some of the new business models and use cases that will get proven, you know, in the midst of this crisis. I think Amazon is, as you alluded to, you know, launched this sort of healthcare service back in the fall. And, and you know, um, I don't want to say it, but, but I mean, like, you couldn't ask for, you know, a better opportunity to kind of like, kind of showcase what you do than, than this, right? Um, and I think um, being able to get people out to homes, you know, kind of respecting that social distancing, having people stay where they are, um, uh, and get the care that they need, get the assessment that they need, get the kits, that they need, I think makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, and, and I think it's, you know, I applaud these big companies, you know, really, you know, sort of taking money um, and kind of reinvesting it in people and in the communities around them. Even, you know, Jack Ma, you know, over at Alibaba, obviously, you know, big in the news here, offering half a million testaments, you know, to the US uh, and masks and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, and, and you know, at least, you know, you know, I, I know there was some hesitation there from the U.S. government of accepting that because of where it's coming from and, and whatnot. And, 
you know, what that might mean in terms of saying that, you know, they don't have, you know, enough kids on their own or all that, whatever that the political uh, aspects of that aside. Reality is, is people are, are suffering, people need help. And these companies and these, you know, CEOs of these companies are stepping up to, uh, to try and help. And I think any help is good at, at this point, you know, when it comes to this type of thing of providing uh, kits and so on directly to people. Um, um, it's, it's how we're going to get through it. So, um, yep. anyhow, yeah. Uh, and I love the small business relief fund. I think that's, that's brilliant as well. I think there's so many companies, um, that are small businesses that are, that are really going to suffer here and not be able to pay their bills and, um, you know, are looking to governments, uh, for handouts, uh, to keep them, you know, sort of running operational, being able to keep their employees, keep their jobs, all those kinds of things. Um, and, uh, you know, I really appreciate the fact that, you know, companies like Amazon are also trying to help with that too and not leaving it only to the government. So there you go. All right. Our final story, uh, going back to tech now. Uh, so Signify, uh, formerly, uh, under the Philips lighting, um, uh, brand, uh, which is all about smart lighting, IOT, uh, sensor enabled lighting systems. Uh, has announced a new uh, product. It's a what they call a snap-in IoT sensor for luminaires. It's an all-in-one bundle that it, that blends together sensors for uh, monitoring and controlling indoor climate, temperature, humidity, noise levels, um, as well as sensors for things like uh, you know just um, doing you know uh, occupancy in a room. Uh, people counting, all those kinds of things that we talked about in the location world. Um, so kind of blending all that together. Um, so it's a simple little uh, sensor package, if you will, that is really small and, and you know, they say it's a matchbox size unit. Uh, it snaps into a Signify Lumineer. So if you already have like sort of one of their lighting units, you can kind of just plug this thing in. Uh, Data is collected by the sensors and then it travels. It, it, it's, it's sent by a Zigbee wireless or by Ethernet cables. And I, one of the interesting things about this is that they chose on purpose uh, not to use Bluetooth uh, to, to transmit the data but instead to use Zigbee. And, and, and I think it's a big endorsement for that as a technology. Uh, we, you know, it's, it's one that it's been out there for a little while now. We haven't heard a lot of, uh, you know, of, of companies, you know, sort of really jumping on board and embracing it. So I think it's an interesting one. It's, there's a lot of unique capabilities uh, to it. Um, uh, you, you know, in terms of mesh network capabilities, of what you can do with Zigbee um, that you can't do with, uh, with things like just Bluetooth on their own. Um, there is a Bluetooth chip uh, in the bundle that can support location-based services. Um, you know, so that is built into the in, into the sensor unit, but the transmission of the data itself, um, you know, to the cloud, you know, for processing and for, you know, sort of managing in the dashboard and all that kind of stuff is is, is via Zigbee or via Ethernet itself. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I think it's. Um, it's kind of cool. It, it's it's an easy way to add this kind of capability to these types of smart lighting systems. It's just another reason to move uh, to this type of uh, system. So I think any new build, um, you know, that's going on in terms of new construction, you know, you should be putting smart luminaires in anyways um, because of just all the capabilities that you can get with that. Um, it's no different than you know going in and putting smart thermostats and smart security systems and other things like you would do in your home but this is obviously on a commercial level we're talking about here. Um, 
And obviously, a lot of uh, existing retailers and, and, and other uh, buildings right now are, you know, many are going through retrofits, you know, for energy efficiency and things like that. So if you're going to do that, you know, you should be thinking about smart lighting systems, whether that's from Signify or, or anybody. There's several manufacturers out there. But uh, I think this is a, a neat little way to kind of quickly embed some sensors, get some additional data be able to use that data to manage, you know, your, your efficiency and your spend on energy and other things. Um, and at the same time, be able to collect data about kind of traffic and other things that are going on in your building um, and use that to optimize, you know, uh, you know, interior design and all kinds of, you know, flow and layout and, and other things like that. So I think there's a lot of potential from something like this. Yeah, I agree. I think that this, um, this market in terms of like smart lighting and sensors is still is still right like we still haven't seen um a ton of adoption we're we've seen some of it like with target right uh, when you're in target you can you can leverage these types of uh, capabilities and functions in their app and you know when you're in the store it's easy to kind of do wayfinding and you can look at where you are on a map, um, you know, and I think there's so much more that can be done in this industry. And I think it's very early days. Uh, the, the market adoption from a retail perspective, I think has been slower than, than, you know, people who started with the smart lighting industry had hoped. Um, I mean, I have a personal experience here because I actually recruited somebody from one of these companies for our head of product at gathers. So you know, I know that there's so many great capabilities that are available that retailers can leverage. And if you are doing a new build, like you said, I mean, it's a no brainer to start to bake these in. Um, but what I like about what they've done here in terms of the bundling from a business perspective is I think a lot of times, you know, it's like, well, you can do this service and this service and you kind of layer those things together and they all work well together. But the bundling, I think, gives retailers a quick and easy understanding of all the capabilities that they may have. Um, or could leverage in the future if they're already there. So from a business perspective, it makes sense. I expect that probably over the next like one to three years, we're going to see just been a little bit slower than some have anticipated. There you go. So that's it. That's our uh, three industry news stories, three member news stories for you this week. You've been listening to Location Weekly, episode number 456. Thank you for listening and watching. If you have story ideas, if you want, uh, you know, if you're bored at home, reach out to us, uh, you know, uh, and let us know what you think or, you know, uh, how you want to get involved. Um, and, uh, you know, please uh, respect uh, the social distancing. Aubriana and I always have a good social distance going on here, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah. so there you go. Um, completely in different countries. Look at that. Um, <laughs> um, but please do that. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, uh, we wish everybody, uh, to be happy and healthy and well, um, and, uh, we'll see you next week, uh, with yet another show. Thanks everybody. Be well. Bye. Take care.